Hello, this is episode 192 of the Get It Right podcast. In this episode, I'll be talking about being stuck, that frustrated feeling when you're in the midst of your project and you're just finding it super hard to take any action. You're paralyzed, unable to move forward. Now, it may be because that you have a design that you don't love and you're not sure what to do next. Or it may be that you have a design that you do love, but it's totally over your budget and you're just not sure what steps you're going to take now to change things. Or perhaps it's to do with a professional that you're working with, a selection that you have to make, or one of the other many things that can be involved in making your reno or new home happen. You just can't take the next step. You're stuck. So let's dive in. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. Now, before I jump into this episode, I want to share with you a fantastic resource I've created to help you, and you can access it now for free. If you're struggling with understanding the overall steps for your project, what you should be focusing on and when, or how to invest your efforts, energy and money in the best possible way to get a great outcome in your future home, this will be super helpful. I've created a free online workshop called Your Project Plan, and you can watch it now. Head to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan to access it and watch it online. I've also added some great bonus resources that I've made available for you, and they include the transcripts of all of the podcasts in this season, this Christmas 2020 season, packaged up in a fantastic e-guide. You can find it all at undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan, and that's P-R-O-J-E-C-T-P-L-A-N, project plan or one word. Go check it out now. Now, let's get on with the episode. So, as I said in the introduction, this episode is all about being stuck. Now, I'm going to be talking largely about a specific kind of being stuck because it's the most common one that I get messages about. This kind of being stuck is where you have a design that you don't love and you're not sure what to do next. Now, you've invested money, perhaps in professional fees, even approval fees, but whether your situation has changed or you've learned new information or you simply find that you get a gut feel about it, you just can't move forward on your project. And so you have this design that you've paid for and you feel you've already moved away down your project journey and starting over just seems really frustrating and moving forward doesn't seem that attractive either. This episode is going to help with any other kind of stuckness that you're experiencing in your project anyway. So basically just that inability to make necessary decisions to move to the next stage of your project and continue moving on your project plan. Being stuck is not great and there can be big reasons like signing off your design, choosing a team member or submitting to council, right through to small reasons like the inability to decide on a tap or shower head and everything in between. You know, that general feeling of stuckness, it can come at all steps of the process and it can either be something about your own situation or it can be forced upon you by, say, a, poor, a poorly performing professional or builder. 
Being stuck is also unfortunately super common. I've seen people get stuck for years sometimes, and I receive many emails from homeowners who are stuck and wanting help, hence why this episode is being created, because I've actually seen this is a stage in many homeowners' project journeys, so it warrants its own episode and the opportunity for me to give my suggestions here. Now, in fact, knowing what happens when you get stuck and then how you can get out of it and what it looks like that can often help you avoid getting stuck in the first place. So what does this stage of being stuck look like? Let's go through it like we have the other project stages. And we've got our three metrics to examine it under, which are budget, fears, and stress. So the first is budget. Now, when it comes to budget and being stuck, there's a specific terminology I want you to become familiar with, and it's called sunk costs. That's S-U-N-K, costs. Now, sunk costs is an economic term. You may be familiar with it. It definitely applies here. Sunk costs are costs that have already been incurred or money that has already been spent and that can't be recovered. You you can't get a refund. Sunk costs are involved in economic assessment and business decision making, and they're a factor that gets taken into account in terms of making choices. What's really interesting is that in economics, the idea of sunk cost is often contrasted with prospective cost, and that's defined as future costs which can be avoided if action is taken. I'll say that again. So prospective cost is defined as future costs which can be avoided if action is taken. So how does all this relate to designing, building and renovating these idea, these economic ideas and uh, sunk costs and prospective costs? So Say you're stuck with a design that you don't love, you have no idea what to do next. Sunk costs will be the amount of money that you've spent on getting the design to that point, be it in professional fees, approval costs, any other investments that you've made. If you start again or you rework the design, you're essentially saying goodbye to the money that you've spent up to that point. So you've incurred an expense, can't get a refund, those are sunk costs. Now, often the lack of ability that a homeowner has to move out of being stuck is directly proportionate to the amount of sunk costs. So the higher the amount of money already spent, the more difficult it is for the homeowner to walk away from those sunk costs. Interestingly, though, it's rare that homeowners will balance their assessment of sunk costs with an assessment of prospective costs. So they're the the costs if you in the future, which can be avoided if you take action. So far too often, you know, when it comes to spending a renovation or a new build budget, I'll see homeowners admit that they're not happy with their design, but because they spent anywhere between, you know, sometimes it's it's $5,000, sometimes it's anywhere up to $50,000 in architectural fees getting up to that point, they're just not willing to take a different direction, even though they're about to spend six figures or more on building that design and then living in it and then having it and owning it as their biggest asset. You know, this is the thing to remember about budget and being stuck. The prospective cost of taking action with the design that you don't love can be far more costly than the sunk costs you're letting go of. If you're worried about how much money you've already spent and the cost of walking away from that investment, then it's worthwhile thinking about all the costs that you haven't experienced yet, not just financial, but also lifestyle costs in your future home. Chances are that they will significantly outweigh the costs to date and make those sunk costs easier to assess. Now, let's look at fears in relation to being stuck. 
A lot of the fears when it comes to being stuck are related to how you handle things personally and they can relate to your mindset about decision making and having difficult conversations. One of the big fears that I see in the stuck stage that actually keeps homeowners really stuck is the fear of confrontation, of having that difficult conversation with a professional or a builder to give the necessary feedback or even exit the working relationship and move forward in a different direction. Our need to be liked, our need to belong, that can mean that having that conversation is super difficult for many people. And in trying to avoid that conversation, homeowners can just end up in a holding pattern over their design or next action step for months and months. Related to this can also be a fear of looking like a fool. So, you know, many homeowners assume that they're supposed to be in the know when it comes to renovating and building and that we're all supposed to have some innate ability to know how to design, renovate or build a family home. Spoiler alert, you are not supposed to know. However, many will get stuck at this point of just not wanting to fess up that they don't understand or they feel they overlooked something and to reach out to the professionals that they're working with and be vulnerable and ask for guidance and for help. You know, to have the things explained to them again, to get support in their decision making, to be provided with more information and to ask more questions to be able to, so they can just, it can help them make better decisions. Now, the people that you're working with, they're not mind readers. So if you're struggling to make decisions proactively because you don't understand the drawings or the design ideas or you're just wondering when something in particular will get discussed and it hasn't been yet, just ask. Just ask the question. Now, if the professional isn't forthcoming with the information or their response doesn't fill you with confidence, then you've got some good intel on whether they're the best fit for you. You know, and then perhaps the problem isn't that you're stuck. You're just actually working with the wrong team. The sunk cost thing that I mentioned a minute ago, that can cause a lot of fear about looking foolish. You know, admitting to friends and others that you invested in a design and you worked with someone And you ended up with something you've spent all this money on that you're actually not going to use. Well, many do get embarrassed by that. Don't. It happens. Unfortunately, there are loads of designers out there who just don't know how to work well with clients and create the best design results for them. Being embarrassed about this, it's not a reason to continue with a design that you don't love. Now, let's look at stress. There can be a huge amount of stress that comes in being in the stuck stage, largely because you're just unable to make the decisions that you need to move your project forward and you're uncertain about what to do next. And there can be a huge amount of anxiety and stress linked to that indecision and uncertainty, especially when it's related to money and something as permanent as your long-term family home. This indecision and this uncertainty, it can lead to mental exhaustion. You know, just the desire to chuck it all in and not worry about doing the project at all and that sheer frustration that will spill into other areas of your life. I've heard some homeowners say, I'm just really an indecisive person, which I would always challenge. You know, I think that we can define ourselves with these types of identity statements that actually can become an excuse for being stuck. You know, if your identity is linked with being indecisive, then I'd I'd suggest doing some mindset work generally. And I'm going to explain this with an example. Now, in my first year uh, in Undercover Architects, so several years ago now, I was actually given the opportunity to speak publicly at a women's business event. And I said yes, uh, but secretly wished I could say no. Why? Well, because at the time, my identity was that I'm a nervous public speaker. I always get super nervous. It's super stressful. And I can't come across as a confident and professional person. You know, 
And it wasn't that I hadn't done much public speaking or presenting. I'd done a lot, but it was just always how I saw myself. And so I always hated the experience of any presentation or public speaking that I had to do. Now, in the lead up to the event, I made two decisions. The first was that I was going to stop defining myself as a nervous public speaker and just not just not continue to make it part of my identity. And I was going to tell myself a different story. Now, if you've done any personal work around your own stories and your subconscious or around brain plasticity and malleability, you'll know that it's possible to re-engineer the stories that you tell yourself. And there was actually an amazing podcast that Brene Brown did on this uh, that I'll link up in the resources. She interviewed someone who's a specialist uh, in this, so make sure you check that out. So I decided I was going to tell myself a different story. I'm not a nervous public speaker. Yes, I can get nervous when I speak publicly, but listen to interviews with many, many top performers who get on a stage in front of thousands and thousands of people over and over. You'll hear them say that they still get nervous. And the thing is, who said nerves are bad? You know, I get nervous because it means something. I'd I'd actually be worried if I didn't get nervous. You know, this was the story that I started telling myself. Now, secondly, I decided to speak without notes. So I wanted to push myself to not be looking up and down at a piece of paper and to know what I was saying by heart. I didn't want people to see my hands shaking, which they would if I was holding notes. And I was sharing a personal story with this audience and I knew it would connect better if I could speak without notes. Now, the event came and went and I spoke well and I got great feedback, but more importantly, I personally overcame a huge hurdle in terms of how I had identified myself for years, you know, actually for decades, which has ultimately meant that I can do so much more now in reaching and helping others and being of service to others. The stories that you tell yourself about yourself, they really matter, Uh, There's a woman named Lisa Kordoff. If you haven't heard of her, she's a great resource in this area. She especially works with women through her Ready for Change and Live the Change programs, all about busting the stories that we tell ourselves and redefining them, creating new stories that you can then tell yourself instead and rewire your subconscious to actually work for you rather than against you. And I'm busting stories on a daily basis. I think it's some of the best mindset work that you can do. So if you're telling yourself that you're indecisive and you're not great at making decisions, create a different story for yourself. You know, this can actually be one of the most powerful ways to get unstuck, not just in your project, but in everything that you do. Now, let's look at the mistakes that cause many people to get stuck in their project. I'm going to take you through the main mistakes that I see homeowners make, and then I'm going to share with you how to get it right instead. So... The first mistake that can lead to getting stuck in your project is in the designer that you choose to work with. So this is going to relate to any team member that you choose as well, but it especially impacts the process of designing your new home or renovation. When homeowners choose a designer that they don't fully trust or they haven't been able to create a collaborative open style of communication with, it can be incredibly hard to then take direction from this designer to listen to their guidance. And if you're second guessing their work or you're feeling like they're not doing a good job, it's going to be really difficult for you to keep taking action on their suggestions and their design work. Along with this is the challenge that some homeowners have in communication with their designer. So the trust can falter because they feel like they're not being understood or listened to by their designer. And they're finding that the work presented just doesn't align with their personal vision that they had for their future home. You know, I've noticed that some designers may be great at designing, but they're not great at eliciting a comprehensive brief from their homeowner from the get-go. 
And so that can mean that the first concept review and even the second concept review can be this awkward experience of reviewing designs that they've done based on a series of assumptions about you and your family. And then that means that you start to doubt if you've chosen the right person to work with or you've made a terrible mistake. And that can kill trust very quickly and unnecessarily. Now, I've spoken about the importance of a brief in an earlier episode as a really clear communication tool of the wants, the needs, the wishes that you have for your future home. It's a really important document in avoiding getting stuck as well, because it assists with laying out your thoughts, your aspirations, your desires for your home in a concrete and formal way, and then explaining to a designer right from the start all the things that you want your home to be and to have and to feel like. Now, a brief also gives you a place to return to when you do get stuck, which can then bring clarity to where you're at and make the decision simpler. And it means that you've got somewhere to point the designer to as well if you feel that they're not listening to you or following your vision. Equally important, when a designer delivers on your brief and demonstrates that they understand your needs and wants, then that builds trust and rapport in your relationship that is so critical for collaboration. So that brief is really, really essential. Now, another mistake that homeowners make uh, and that can cause them to get stuck and can cause them to stay stuck is not getting educated about the process ahead. So when they do get stuck, then they don't know what steps they can or should be taking to move forward. Now, a thing with renovating or building is that there are always decisions to be made. And sometimes making smaller decisions can build momentum to help you have greater confidence to make the bigger decisions and to get yourself unstuck. So getting a handle on the whole process and its roadmap, the sequence of steps, what happens and when, that can make a huge difference to the flow of your project. And that's why I created my online program, The Home Method, because it's so empowering and confidence boosting to know what to do next and to keep moving your project forward. One of the mistakes that can happen when renovating or building with your partner is that you don't get on the same page as each other. And so being stuck can actually look like a stalemate where you're just not able to agree sufficiently to move things forward. Now, inside the design industry, we as professionals know that we often perform as mediators for couples who have difficulty in agreeing agreeing on things on their project. And so if you feel this will happen with you and your partner, there's nothing to be ashamed about. Just speak openly about that to your designer when interviewing and working with them so that they can have a heads up and can highlight how they'll assist in managing that. Sometimes I see couples get stuck because they make decisions at different rates or with different styles. So one partner might be a really big researcher, needs more information, has to think things over carefully and thoroughly in order to be able to make a decision. And the other is able to look at something and decide instantaneously. Or alternatively, the other just might not really care and so leaves the decision making up to the other person altogether. It just doesn't really phase them or worry them. They really don't mind either way. Now, you will know if this is what you are like as a couple before you start renovating and building because you've most likely most likely operated like this in other areas of your life. And the mistake that most make in this area is that they expect for things to be different or they don't provide the support that's necessary for this difference in their decision making during their project. So I've worked with lots of couples where, you know, more time was built into the program because one partner just simply needed longer to make decisions. Uh, I've changed what I've presented because one partner simply needed more evidence or needed things explained in a different way to make confident choices. So speak with your team about this, get their help and support in navigating you through this and then build a buffer into your timelines and have some self-awareness if this is likely to happen so that you don't end up arguing about it all the time with each other and you can really work with it rather than against it. 
Now, if you or your partner are renovating or building together, you do need to get on the same page as each other. And the brief is going to really help you do that. Uh, the brief that I mentioned before, because that's going to help you establish your big picture goals for the project and the deal breakers that you both have for your future home and, and be able to help you set your priorities. So how do you get it right then? And how are you going to avoid these mistakes and get out of being stuck as promptly as possible or avoid getting stuck in the first place? Now, the first way to get it right and to get out of being stuck is to revisit your goals, your budget and your brief. Now, you can do this at the smaller stuck moments right through the bigger stuck moments. And it's it's why it's so essential that you get these, this information together up front, your goals, your budget and your brief. Now, that's not to say that things can't change or be tweaked along your journey as you learn and discover more. You know, I mean, if, if you're thinking about renovating and building and you're still five years away from starting your project, then your goals, your budget and your brief are likely to change over the lead up. However, the goals, the budget and the brief that you share with your designer or any other team member as you initiate working with them, they're a clear flag in the sand about what your project vision is and what matters to you. And these things set your priorities for your project. They can be incredibly good guides when you have difficulty making decisions, especially the budget one. You know, finding out how much a decision will actually cost you financially and what that means for your budget. I've seen how powerful that is as an immediate clarifier for people because all of a sudden you understand the value of that decision and can work out whether it means that much to you. Now, spending time at the beginning of your project journey on the goals that you have for your project and your future home and what your budget is and establishing your brief will simplify things so much overall. So don't skip it. Don't wait to do it. Do it straight up. Now, another way to get it right and get out of being stuck is to be prepared to deal with sunk costs. Okay, so I had an email from one of the members of my self-study course, Home Design Masterclass. Now, they'd previously worked with an architect on their renovation plans for a home that they'd owned for some time. And this is some of what they emailed me. So they said, for better or worse, we're feeling somewhat uninspired by our proposed plan. I subscribed with Google being our friend to your Home Design Masterclass and Interior Design 101 just to get an unbiased overview of where we were going. As we've absorbed your design principles, it became very clear to us that there was a lot more to home creation than we could have ever imagined. You seem to nail every small detail. We, during the process, became a lot more savvy, but unfortunately all a bit too late. We now realise that our approved plans do not reflect our needs in any way at all and are almost worthless. As a consequence, we are now feeling somewhat jaded, let down and deflated and have put the project on hold. We are now strongly considering selling the property and buying something already established. Having spent so far on all sorts of costs and fees, we are a bit reluctant to throw any more money at the project. Now, I receive a lot of emails along these lines. You'd be, yeah, I just receive a lot. And it may sound super familiar to you if you are stuck, especially if you're stuck with a design that you don't love. You know, the doubt and the difficulty, those sunk costs that I mentioned, the frustration, the uncertainty of whether it's worth starting over or trying to work with what you've got. So all of my suggestions in this episode apply to this, um, this beautiful member's situation. And, you know, for this situation where they're actually considering the option of avoiding a renovation altogether and selling up and finding another finished house that suits their family, um, these are my suggestions as well, because I know that that's something that people do definitely weigh up. So it's really important. You've got to go back to your goals and your priorities, those core principles. 
So is this the location where you want to live? You know, do you love this site or is it not really a good fit for you? You've just, you're just doing it because that's where that you own that piece of property now. You know, any renovation, it's a big undertaking and it's usually worthwhile when it's somewhere that you want to live and it's in an area that you love and it works for your lifestyle and your family. But if it's not a location that you love, then renovating is going to feel really hard. It's also good to then have a look around at what else is available. You may actually find it difficult to find something that's established in your area that's the style and the design of the house that you like, the size that you want on a block size that you like within your budget. You know, and then you can look back and think, is this actually simply a hiccup? You know, this is this just going to mean that I've got to have some awkward conversations with the existing designer or I've got to find a new designer altogether? And then what options are available to work with the existing drawings to tweak and improve? Or can I get an amended DA and do some sort of more significant adjustments rather than actually starting from scratch and doing a brand new design altogether and getting a complete new approval? And then it's really important just to ask yourself this question. Is it purely the sunk costs that are preventing revisiting this? The thought of spending fees on it again? Because if this site, this house and this the idea of renovating it ticks every other box and it's just a case of having the wrong design for this site and this house, then that's probably fixable for less than the cost of stamp duty and real estate commissions on selling the existing house and buying a new one. You know, often we just need to step back or even step up to revisit things from the ground up. You know, what are our goals, our budget and our brief? Now, I've mentioned sunk costs several times. And the reason I have is because I see them being one of the biggest hurdles in getting unstuck. So getting it right and not being stuck anymore can mean this. Be prepared to deal with sunk costs. Walking away from something, even though you invested money in it, can be far better than proceeding with a significantly more expensive regret. I'm going to say that again. Be prepared to deal with sunk costs. Walking away from something, even though you invested money in it, that can be far better than proceeding with a significantly more expensive regret. Okay, so twice for you so you can remember that, all right? It's one to hang on to. Now, lastly, the the best way to avoid being stuck and to get unstuck from when you are is, and to get it right, is just to work with somebody that you can collaborate with and you can trust the advice of. And if you're somebody who finds that you don't make decisions easily, they'll actually push you along and keep you accountable. So making that first choice of who is on your team, it can be really critical to managing the stuckness in your project overall. I found that a lot of my work with clients and the members of my online program that I interact with is actually doing these things. It's reminding them of their vision. It's bringing them back to their goals, reminding them of their budget and brief and helping give clarity and confidence to their decision making. Your design is where your future lifestyle is created. And so that can feel really big to decide on and commit to, uh, particularly when you have to choose a design option and then you have to move forward through approval and into construction. And if you work like most homeowners I work with, you'll know that it matters. And of course, that's why you're here. You're learning what you need to know so that you can get it right. But what I see time and time again is that when you've done the work of knowing the steps ahead, choosing the right team, getting clear on your goals, determining a budget, developing a brief, you actually give yourself the framework necessary to keep taking steps forward in your project. 
Now, along the way, you may experience moments of stuckness that are actually, they're often just periods of exhaustion. You know, you'll feel like you've lost your mojo. You're just not capable of making another decision right now. You've hit a particular hurdle. That's all perfectly understandable. You know, I often say that renovating and building is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And you need your stamina the whole way through right till the end. And in fact, the end is when you can need your stamina the most. We can all get stuck in a rut when tackling anything big. And if you're outside of your comfort zone and in a rut, then that can feel pretty horrible. So find something small that you can do in your project. Like I said, there's always a decision that can be made. So if you're struggling with choosing your builder, then have a look at your interiors, fixtures and selections. If you're not sure about your design, think about the paint colors for your home. Making smaller decisions that need to be made anyway, they can be a productive use of your time and they can help build momentum and get your mojo back for those bigger decisions. Now, I'm going to wrap up now with my biggest action step at this point. And remember, all the episodes in this season of the podcast, I've included bonus actions for each of the stages inside your project plan free workshop that you can access when you head to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. There's downloadable e-guides for each of the episodes that all have uh, additional bonus action steps for you to take based on each of those stages. So that's undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. Now, my action step when you're stuck with a design that you don't love and you don't know what to do next is that you need to check the copyright ownership of the design because that will reveal to you what options are actually available to you. I've got a great blog post on copyright protection of designs that was actually written by my lawyer, Jamie White of Pod Legal, and I'm going to pop a link to it in the resources so that you can check it out. Heads up. Changing the design by 10% does not remove copyright. Copyright's owned by the designer and you can get into huge legal trouble by taking the design to another designer to rework if you don't have permission to do so from the original designer. There's also an issue of attribution and moral rights, which is another legal aspect protecting designers. And I've got a blog on that as well, so I'll pop a link in the resources to that too. So if you've worked with a designer or perhaps even just the in-house designer of a building company and you don't like what you've ended up with and you plan to rework the design with another designer, then you need to deal with the copyright issue and be sure that you have the permission of the original designer to do so. Designers, they'll, they'll keep an eye on building sites. Builders do it as well. They see the progress on projects that's, that they started on, but they, they didn't get to see the whole way through. So, you know, sometimes designers and builders do check up on clients that have left them and you can run into serious and expensive legal issues down the track. So make sure you get informed first. Some designers will actually be receptive to you taking the design elsewhere to rework it. So you never know what will happen until you ask and some designers may not. And so that will very clearly let you know what steps are actually available to you uh, to take next when you've got a design that you're trying to work with and want to rework it. Okay, so hopefully you found that helpful if you have a design that you don't love and you're stuck and you just don't know what to do next. A similar approach, it can really apply in any stuck situation that you might be having in your project journey. You know, whether it's because you have a design that's hugely over budget and you're struggling to know whether to chuck it in or to dive into reworking it, or maybe it's a particular selection of a product, a material, or a team member, or any other of the myriad of decisions that you're going to need to make as you renovate and build your home. 
Getting stuck can be hard. Like I said, you're outside of your comfort zone already. And if you don't know what lies ahead and you don't have a general overview of the whole process, then getting stuck can feel less of a speed hump and far more like a dead end. However, I really encourage you to be kind to yourself. You know, this is a big deal. It's a lot of money. There's a lot at stake. And so even the most decisive people can get stuck. And it's actually quite funny because I know some people uh, who actually pride themselves on their decisiveness and how quickly they can make decisions and move on. I come across a lot of people like this in my life and, you know, they, they, they will say, I, you know, I'm just really decisive. That's their story. That's their identity. And um, I often speculate that perhaps it's not that they're really decisive. It's actually that they really don't like being in a state of indecision for very long. And it's the human condition that we always are far more motivated to move strongly away from pain than we are to to move towards joy. And and so because they don't like being in a state of indecision for very long, they will make decisions much more quickly. And some some of these people that I meet that are like this, uh, they make decisions almost too quickly. So it's, you know, it's really interesting to think about the stories that you do tell yourself and how those things impact your identity and the way that you behave in the world. Now, I want you to remember in all of this that nothing is permanent. You know, we can't plan everything. 2020 showed us that in a really confronting way with really shocking impact. And so, you know, just know that getting stuck may happen and then do what you can to implement the suggestions that I've made in this podcast. Plus, surround yourself with experienced people whose advice that you trust so that you can have the support that you need. I remember reading a story in a book by Tim Costello and the book's called Hope, Moments of Inspiration in a Challenging World. It was actually published back in 2012, but seriously, reading that title, you'd think it was written yesterday. Now, there was a story in it, and I may botch the paraphrasing of this a little, but it was about a father and son who were, they were underground in a mine, I believe. And the father was super experienced, but the son not so much. And they were walking together, but the father got a, got way ahead to the point where the son just couldn't see him any longer uh, and he couldn't see his headlight anymore and he really started to panic. And the son started calling out, stressed that he was lost, that he didn't know how to get out, he didn't know where he was going, you know, he didn't, didn't know what he was going to do. And the father eventually heard him and his response to him was very simple. It was this you know, see the light that you have on your helmet on your head? Does it show you the next step that you can take? Well, then take that next step. And so the son did that and step, little step by little step, he found his father again and he found his way out of the mine. So figure out how you're going to put a light on your own head when you renovate and build your home. You know, what are you going to do to get that framework in place that helps you be able to take the next step, even if it's a small one. And then you will always know what to do if and when you get stuck. Now, in the next episode, I'm going to be talking about those who have their plans locked and loaded, and it's time to sign contracts with their builder and hit go. Getting ready to sign a building contract and start construction, it's such an exciting point in your project because it means everything is about to become real. You know, all the planning, the preparing, the decision making that you've been doing, it's about to turn into real floors, walls and roof on your site. However, it's also the point at which you'll be legally bound to someone. Plus, you're handing over loads of money on a regular basis. And homeowners can get it so wrong at this stage from stress and frustration right through to half-finished homes and bankrupt builders. The risks at this stage are high. 
It is possible to enjoy this stage though and to get yourself prepared and informed so that you can be actively involved in and confident through your construction phase. So we're going to be diving to that in the next episode. Remember to check out my online workshop, Your Project Plan. It is yours to access for free and you can watch it now. Plus, there's some great bonus resources for you, as well as the transcripts to this season of the podcast. They're all packaged up in an e-guide and there's bonus action steps in each of the in each of the chapters or um, transcripts of the episodes. Now, this free workshop, Your Project Plan, it's a video workshop, only goes for 45 minutes. It's going to really help you understand the best steps to take wherever you're at in your project. And I've included in there some information about how you can avoid some serious and expensive mistakes. So well beyond what we've chatted about in the podcast. And I've, I share with you in that video uh, workshop what to focus on and when so that you know that you're getting everything in order for a successful project and a beautiful home. I explain how far too often people focus on things at the wrong time and get themselves into trouble. And so there's some really helpful information in that workshop. So make sure you head to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan and you can watch it now. As always, thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time. Bye.